You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. Today, we are very lucky to have Manoj Jasra, who is the Executive Vice President of Marketing and the Chief Digital Officer at Northland's Properties Group. Northland has assets across hotels, restaurants, resorts, sports, and construction globally. Manoj has been in the marketing and digital vertical for over 20 years, spanning several sectors, including airlines, telecommunications, hospitality, agency, and food. Prior to Northlands, he was leading cross-functional teams as the head of digital at WestJet and vice president digital and customer experience at Shaw Communications. Manoj, welcome to Marketing News Canada. We're very excited to get to know where you come from, your approach to marketing, and chat more. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks for having me. And... uh... Hi to your audience. So, Manoj, as our audience is probably already thinking right now, that was quite the bio. I would love to understand and hear about your origin story. How did you, uh, how did you wind up where you are today, and how did you start the path and further that path along marketing and and communication? Yeah, and it's been such a long time, so we'll have to be a, a trip down memory lane here. Uh, and maybe I'll start uh, during kind of the university days, and I'll make my way back up to kind of today. So I was actually, funny enough, um, I was headed to university to be a PE teacher. And so that was my life goal, because I'm like, you know what, I, I'm pretty good at gym in, in <laughs> PE class. I'm getting like high 90s, therefore, that's what I should pursue. And so I headed into like a general kind of Bachelor of Arts program at, uh, it was previously called UCC, a University College of Caribou, now it's called Thompson Rivers University, it's Kamloops, mm. British Columbia. So I'm from the interior of British Columbia. And uh, my dad actually said, hey, maybe you should switch to something that's actually going to be useful in life. Not to kind of say PE teachers aren't awesome, but uh, something that might be more progressive and future supportive. Um, so he said, you know what, this computers thing is a big deal. I think you should mm-hmm. check it out. So I got into air quotes computers. <laughs> this computer <laughs> thing. Computer thing. So I was like 1998 <laughs> or 1999 around that time. Um, and so I got into a program at TRU. Uh, it was a computer science program where you'd learn all sorts of things in regards to software development, networking, networking in terms of the physical networking, not the networking in terms of the social part of it, the um, hardware uh, installation and all that. And mm-hmm. it was is a very difficult program. So it was like an intensive two and a half year program with internships in between. So it kind of gave you real life um, skills at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think the most valuable thing I got from that was it really taught you uh, the 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 value of hard work because you were in the labs all night long working on assignments for whether you're doing C plus plus coding or Cobalt at the time, Pascal. Like old languages don't exist anymore, but train your mm-hmm. mind to think very very logically. Uh, so that was kind of the first foray that actually got me into my role uh, when I got out of the university. Um, but the, it was a company called um, Digital Res Solutions out of Sycamore, British Columbia, a town of like 3,000 no people, way. houseboat capital, British Columbia. And um, they had a company that did, did a reservation management software for hotels and uh, hostels and resorts at that time. So I was I was a SQL developer building reports mm-hmm. at that time. Wow. But they uh, they actually laid off a bunch of people early. So I was jobless for a couple months until my buddy was headed down to Kelowna to uh, submit a resume for a company called Search Engine Position. Now, they were a couple names for those companies. Search Engine Position changed to Enquiro, changed to Mediative, and was eventually bought out by the Yellow Pages group. 
And so he went down. I just went down with him for the ride. I happened to have a resume in the mix. I threw it in there, just like, you know what? I might as well apply to if you're applying just as one of those. And uh, we go head to head for the role. And I end up getting the, the job actually as a, uh, a web developer for that company. And so that was pure luck, I would say. And I, I think, the, so the question that beat him was, uh, and the, like, the guy told me at the end, so they asked, uh, how strong would you rate yourself uh, in, the, in the world of software development? He said 10 out of 10. I said 6 out of 10. And so they chose me because I chose an actual humble answer versus someone who thought they knew everything. So that was actually take, funny. Take note, interviewees. Take <laughs> notes, interviewees. Yeah. Honestly like and transparency. That. Yeah, yeah. So I took that role. It was actually, to me, it was a very pivotal part of my career because that's where I learned uh, digital marketing, SEO, paid search, and got me into mm. my whole kind of web analytics, digital marketing, technology career. I was actually a software developer to begin with and then got into digital marketing at that company. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, uh, I actually uh, wanted to build a lot of thought leadership. So I started a, a blog called Web Analytics World where I would write every single day. So over a course of like four or five years, I would write an article a day and I would speak on the circuit of uh, kind of this digital marketing web analytics kind of people who were on the conference circuit. This is trailblazing back then. Trailblazing, like 2003, 2004, right? So if you searched for me back then, the web blog still exists. I've actually sold the blog, but now it's not mine anymore. But this this allowed (laughs) me to get out of my comfort zone and build thought leadership in this space. And and I think that was important uh, as well. Um, so after that, I had an opportunity to move to Shaw Communications for the first time. I was a consultant in regards to digital marketing mm-hmm. there for, for a kind of a brand new group that was in 2007 or eight around that time. Um, it was, it was a great role. It was, I was kind of an independent at that point supporting a lot of people, but I wasn't in a leadership mm-hmm. capacity. Uh, so there was, was there for a couple of years, WestJet came along and offered me a role for. Uh, a manager looking after WestJet Vacations, like their digital strategy. So a manager on that role. I actually said no to him the first time um, because I didn't think that role was a good fit for my background. I wanted something bigger and broader. And then they came mm. back uh, three or four months later and offered me a role for a senior manager looking after digital analytics and testing and optimization. So I took that role instead because I felt that was more my bread and butter. And I think it turned out to be a good decision there. Um, so the, what the story goes at WestJet, uh, I was there for probably four or five months. Uh, and then at that time, the head of the digital department, uh, he decided to leave, go back to the UK. And one of the kind of the seconds in command, she, she went over to a different company as well. So I had an opportunity. Uh, I rose my hand and said, you know what? I would love to take on this leadership role. And mm-hmm. they said, maybe maybe we'll do this with you because it was just like, I was just too new to, to potentially take it all on. But they, they believed in me. They brought in an external consultant who supported me. He actually became my mentor. His name is Omar. Um, he was really important in teaching me how to not just uh, lead in the ways of kind of strategy and building mm-hmm. business cases, but how do you act in a meeting room? Like position yourself. How do you make sure you have command in the room appropriately? How do you, walk even down the hallways how do you greet people because mm-hmm. perception is so important absolutely and so so he taught me all that and then i i did become the head of digital very quickly in kind of 2012 and i led the team from around seven people all the way to 55 around the time when i left it and that was cool because at west Shut, we were a young team we grew up together a very strong family culture 
and the cool thing there was we we built some amazing things. We built the WestJet app uh, in 2012. Yeah. Uh, we we helped build the in-flight entertainment system, which was connected to the app. We helped we build um, support WestJet's uh, loyalty platform, WestJet Rewards. Uh, WestJet.com yeah. did massive amounts of sales. So did WestJet Vacations Online. So it was like this um, huge undertaking. Every six months, we would be launching some major initiative, mm-hmm. and we would be like that constant trailblazing in the, in the digital space in a big way. And my team uh, was responsible for e-commerce, user experience, digital marketing, uh, as well as creative services at the time. Wow. Yeah. So shout out Omar, first of all, for teaching you those lessons. Um, and I'd love to ask, uh, when you're describing your, your path to prior to Northlands, there was kind of a moment there where you had where you started to pursue leadership roles. Can you maybe put yourself back in that mindset and remember like what what were you going through in your head and kind of what spurred what spurred that pursuit of more of a leadership position? What maybe you could share with our audience because I'm sure that a lot of our audience members are in positions where they're either, you know, the ones that are working on those teams or about to make themselves into leadership roles and on those teams. Yeah. And I'll give you an answer, which says what I was thinking kind of back then and how I think about leadership 15 years later. Um, So at that point you're thinking about, you know what, leadership is an advancement, which means if I advance, I would make more money and therefore I get to derive more decisions. And I don't think that was the most perfect way of getting into leadership. When I look back and I was progressing into leadership, I found that growing team members and making sure that their career path is supported and seeing them have successes is the most kind of joy that you get out of any role versus anything I've gotten in regards to a, a massive increase in comp or uh, personal development in regards to like a career change. Mm-hmm. That I think so developing other people and helping them grow in their career is actually more uh, inspirational for me than more than anything. And that's why I now exist in leadership now. Back then, it, it, and unfortunately, the role still exists where leadership is the path to, say, more money. And I hope that we continue to get better where it's the output and the technical capabilities of a person versus the amount of people you manage. Uh, but that, yeah, that's that kind of looking back and forth. That's how I would think about things. No, that's really good insight. Um, another question just that comes from um, your, your, your story about your origin you were blogging, you know, every day. That's so impressive at that time. And you you had said the word thought leadership, and that was important to you. Um, now, as senior vice president, and and after seeing the growth within the industries that you've worked in uh, over the last over the last couple decades, what is your position now on thought leadership? How important is it to be pursuing thought leadership? And what can you kind of give our listeners in terms of advice in either pursuing or working their ways into position to uh, be able to be speaking to large audiences uh, representing thought leadership? Right. Um, Yeah, back then, I would say I started it because I felt that it was a way for me to stand out and show that, you know what, in this space that's brand new, um, Mm -hmm. that I was a person that had expertise in this space, because without that, uh, it's you're unknown and we didn't have platforms that were megaphones like they are today. Um, yeah. This is pre-social so I, media, everyone. Pre-social, too, right? Uh, that's right. So I have started on, on Google, bought a company called Blogger. So I was blogging on Blogger. And, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and so that's from, my original address was minojjazzer.blogspot.com, but I changed it to oh, my balance man. world afterwards, right? Yeah. And then I remember 
when I, I was actually doing podcasts where I would have a conference phone going, have a physical recorder, and I would record the conversation. So I was doing podcasts before podcasts existed. But that, anyways, back to your question. I think I think it's super important to have um, credibility in this space. Um, it, it allows people to kind of differentiate and have, rather than just listening to things, having a, uh, a focus in regards to joining a conversation and leading a conversation, having some insight into what you bring to the table around whether mm-hmm. it's digital marketing or e-commerce or marketing or branding. I think, I think it's important for someone's growth. Like I, if, if two people or three people had very similar resumes and one had aspirations and have, has done some, some writing or some speaking that person automatically in my mind would get a, an interesting leg up because it's, it does two things for me. One, they're providing their own insight into a topic or set of topics Two, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of guts to do it. To, to you know yes, yes. if you tweet anything or you post anything on linkedin you can get hammered very very quickly or if yeah. you're doing public speaking how nerve-wracking it is even for me after kind of years at it yeah it takes a lot of guts to do it. so it shows me that obviously they've got a lot of determination at, at this as well yeah no that's really good advice it's definitely something i'm quite passionate about um with my company as well so it resonates i'm sure with a lot of our listeners um i wanted to maybe talk about what you're doing now and and as you head up um all the marketing communications for northlands maybe some insights for our listeners what what properties and what what brands fall under your purview at northlands yeah so northland properties um is a family-owned company uh built in the 60s by the gallardi family and now um, northland properties we're trying to build the employer brand like the parent brand more extensively but behind the scenes there's a lot of companies that probably you've heard of and your listeners have heard of. So it's the, it's hotels, resorts, sports teams, and restaurants. Underlying is that is construction, which is very important to the business as well. Um, so the hotel side is Sandman and Sutton Hotel Group, and mm-hmm. that's uh, we are we have locations in Canada, the U.S., U.K., and Ireland, um, mostly in Canada. Um, that's the that's where the that's where the company was made out of the hotel group. Uh, and then mm. we decided to add restaurants to complement the hotels. And now the restaurants have become kind of an entity of their own and have franchise opportunities as well. So the company owns Denny's Canada. So we have the rights to Denny's, but in Canada, so nice. we have a master franchisor. That's pretty cool. An iconic brand. We have Moxie's, um, which uh, obviously nice. is a kind of a premium casual restaurant in this space. Uh, a lot of lot of growth there and uh, massive coverage across Canada and the U.S. as well now. And then we've got Chop Steakhouse, uh, which is like this modern take on a steakhouse experience. Uh, yeah. We've got Shark Club, which is a sport, sports bar and grill uh, for the for the fan, for the people who love sports. And then on the um, resort side, it's kind of two very, very cool entities. One is Revelstoke Mountain Resort. So for like oh, the so... really premium skier, uh, now it's yeah. turning into this kind of Whistler style destination. And we've also got Grouse Mountain here in Vancouver as well, which is a purchase in 2019 at the end of 2019. Uh, so that's the assets. In the sports world, we have the Dallas Stars in the NHL, and we have uh, the ownership of the Kamloops Blazers in the WHL as well. And then there's some smaller things in between, but those are the kind of the, the major entities. Wow, that's uh, that's quite the portfolio. Um I think that kind of sparks a question in my head is, is what is your approach to leadership when you have to lead teams across so many diverse sectors? Like how do you, how do you approach um, that type of team building and, and uh, senior leadership when it comes to that? Yeah, this has been my toughest role for sure. And because hmm. it's uh, outside of the sports teams, I get to 
play and participate in all the other brands for sure at the kind of the senior leadership group. And the hardest part is trying to keep each brand straight in that every hour, every day, each moment is different because it's kind of like you're working with that brand or that set of teams to support them appropriately. And you want to do it in a way that you seem wholesome and authentic, not that you're Mm. just kind of say, okay, I'm, I just want to give you my 10 minutes. So I go to the next brand. Each moment may, really makes a difference yeah. so that when I'm speaking with the head of Denny's or the head of Moxie's or the head of our hotel group, they get my authentic hundred percent of my time and thought for that moment. So I think that's one perspective of it. When I first started, it was very important to me that uh, I knew that I was going to uh, have to absorb a lot of information, but mm-hmm. you have to absorb the information now times six or seven brands, which became a very difficult aspect of it. But it's important to me, very hard. Yeah, totally. So it was was important to me to learn as much as I could for every aspect of the business. I knew I wasn't going to be the the person who knew each business the best, but I I would probably be the person who knows all the businesses and kind of cumulative total the best as well. So if you ask me a question about each brand, I could be uh, very thoughtful in regards to the conversation in regards to that. So that was important to me. And then in terms of leadership, my leadership approach is very much um, I love to work with my team to set direction and set vision so that everyone knows where we're headed and why that is important. Because if you don't understand why something is important, you won't get kind of people to support you on the long, the journey. Um, I also am, um, I, I take an approach in regards to servant leadership, which I think is now table stakes in regards to how people lead. Mm-hmm. I am, I am, good when my leaders win and they have no barriers in terms of getting to their ultimate path as well. There's no ego in regards to, I need to be the spotlight. I need to make my people shine so -hmm. that they get the spotlight, they get the growth. And ultimately that's helpful for the group overall as well. Yeah. How do you create that environment for your leaders where they, they know that they have your support as their direct uh, um, support to create an environment where there's no barriers for them to grow and have have their vision and what they need to get there be shared with you. How do you create that environment with them? Yeah, and the word environment is very important. Um, and an environment that is um, safe in regards mm-hmm. to, we can have very uh, kind of delicate conversations regarding all sorts of topics. I think getting to know somebody uh, slightly more personally in, in addition to like the <clears> professional <throat> side so they can have that sense of comfort I think is important. And yeah. I think to me, making somebody an insider is very important. And the word insider is like, insider. come on in. Let me let me show you everything that I know. And there's nothing mm-hmm. nothing that I'm not willing to share with you. I think that that inspires that kind of culture and the environment so that they can have a transparent view around that. And I think having meaningful conversations which say, listen, you, the way my team is set up is that there's a brand leader per kind of brand that I've kind of mentioned. You run mm-hmm. this show. I'm here to support you. And mm-hmm. we get to make decisions together, not that this is a kind of a top-down function. And if you can build an environment that allows them to have transparent conversations, that is supportive where you're working together, and um, there's no sense of like my way or the highway kind of thing, I think that mm-hmm. allows them to really feel like that they have ownership in their team strategy and then the growth of their brand as well. Wow. So to to kind of paraphrase in in creating this environment, which isn't just, you know, one or two conversations, it's it's just an always on approach essentially to leadership. To create that environment, you need to be able to have them believe in the direction you're setting, 
but then for yourself to also understand what they want to achieve, the direction they want to go, and have them feel that they're looking kind of over their shoulder at a peer as opposed to over their back at someone who's going to be breathing down their neck. Yeah, absolutely. And then I would just add to that would be, don't worry, I've got your back because yeah. I'm going to support you in your decisions and I'll, I'll fight for you and I'll fight with you in regards to uh, the, the conversations around that. So if, if, you, if you run into a battle, I'm there to support you. And, uh, and I will poke holes at your strategy just to making hmm. sure that we have everything perfectly aligned as we kind of move forward as well. Like, and because, I, because that environment allows us to have kind of those easy conversations. So if something doesn't feel right, yeah. I'm able to say, you know what, that doesn't fit right. How about let's taking another shot at your, your approach as well. So it's okay to have a two-way dialogue around that as well. That's awesome. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, so with the amount of banners and brands that you have, <clears throat> a lot of them are, are quite diverse. They're all very exciting. Um, I assume that you're, like, like every industry right now, continually building teams and, and trying to add valuable talent to uh, all of the different brands you oversee. So could you maybe share kind of um, what are some of the opportunities you see for, for people to uh, look to join the Northlands team across any of your banners in the future? Yeah, we have a, a lot of open roles right now. And maybe I'll talk about a couple of the projects that we're working on and why yeah, Northland is different as a kind of an employer as well. Um, so the cool thing about Northland is because of the number of banners, and the way our team is structured, where there's, yeah, we're one big marketing and digital team, but there's mm -hmm. opportunities within each brand. We've had several cool opportunities where somebody would start in a certain brand and mm -hmm. then end up in a different brand in terms of a growth or a lateral role. So when mm -hmm. you enter Northland, you're not just working for, say, a Moxie's or a hotel company like Sandman or, uh, say, a Shark Club. You yeah. can actually start there and pivot and move your way over and even work in a different city and work in a different opportunity. And if you wanted to, you could start marketing and work your way into operations. And the cool thing about that is that way your journey with Northland is not like in the typical space. It feels like people's journeys last two to three years with companies. It could be mm -hmm. much longer because you could kind of refresh yourself in a totally different brand within the overall parent company. And that's kind of cool. It's um, yeah, very you know, unique. I, very unique, totally. And that's because of the, 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 the diversity of assets we've got as well. And I think some of the cool projects we're working on, and it's nice because we're a hospitality company coming out of COVID. So we see for the first time in a couple of years, we get to do some major brand work yeah. as well. So uh, I think Moxie's uh, is going to do some, some major work in regards to brand strategy, website development, social media strategy. Uh, they're looking for, for people all the time. Um, the hotel group has just launched a brand new loyalty program and a long, brand new booking engine. Uh, so we see some major growth in that area. Uh, I think loyalty is a, a very important part of our business. Um, and people think it, uh, marketers know that it's an important part of their strategy as well. So that's an investment we're making. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, we're, we're going to be opening a brand new location in downtown uh, Vancouver for, for Chop Steakhouse right by on the water there in Cole Harbor. So yeah, I think I'm walking by fantastic. it. Yeah. Beautiful so, property. You saw the hoarding signs there. Like that's going to be an amazing experience for us. And on the Denny side, I think 
um, that's an iconic brand and we need to figure yeah. out how do we modernize that brand so that remains relevant for 50 years more. And mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see the work that we're going to do there as well. So it's, it's cool because all the brands are now moving in this direction in regards to cool opportunities to, to do amazing things that are going to touch a, a lot of Canadians and mm -hmm. uh, to participate in that journey. I think marketers and uh, folks in the digital space will have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how does one uh, apply? Yeah, so we've got uh, LinkedIn is obviously a, is we've where we've got our, a lot of our jobs posted on our all of our websites. You can even go to Northland.ca and contact that way, and you can send me a note directly. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, um, and I'm happy to respond to you and get you in touch with the right person as well. All right, listeners, you heard that open call for for amazing marketers to be joining the Northland team. Um, I'd love to switch switch it up for the last couple of questions here, Manoj. Um, I would love to get some advice that you could give. So what is the, what is the biggest piece of advice that you could give to brands today as you've, and specifically uh, the marketing teams on those brands today, as you've, um, you know, shared with, with us, with the audience, you've had quite a few different positions in different industries. So what is the biggest piece of advice you can give to brands and on marketing teams today? Yeah. Uh, kind of align with some of the things that we're thinking about. I think, in, in the space of marketing and branding and maybe just in business in general, I think mm -hmm. um, it's very easy to do a roadmap which has a lot of things plugged into it. So I think mm -hmm. prioritizing and figuring out meaningful ways that you're pushing the business and supporting the business because I think brand and marketing is really a storytelling opportunity and it's also an opportunity where we're driving growth and revenue for the business, but it's on in support of the business. So having a line kind of priorities what's tied to the business goals is important and making sure that you have clear definition in regards to what's important for your business um, and what's important for your team. I think that setting that up is very important. And also why that is, is that in the marketing space, I think it's very easy for us to divvy out tasks and get people to like 120% of their capacity. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's, it's important to slow down to figure out whether each one of those tasks is actually meaningful back to the, the goal. That's important mm. because you can spread your capacity appropriately. But it's also important for your team member because then they understand why what they're doing matters to your overall priorities as well versus them just doing like a marketing campaign or a task. I think mm -hmm. that's the number one thing I would say. And this is not that's not marketing speak by anything. I would say that's a good business team sense uh, that you should implement as well. Absolutely. Uh, and then one other thing I think that'd be important for you is um, I think now this is a kind of a pure marketing exercise is I think understanding your guest in our case it's a guest in your case a consumer or a customer i think that that's that's very very critical um i think it's important for marketers and and folks in, in the brand world to go experience your brands and marketing and work with operations to really understand mm -hmm. how how what their guest experience is like customer experience is like um what the kind of the frictions that exist out there uh how your customers behave and what's kind of making them uh, whether it's annoyed or happy about your 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 overall experience, and then take that back and implement that those findings into your overall strategy. I think too few times I think we're trying to market and brand from called the air quotes head office, and I think the integration of marketing and operations so you truly understand the customer is very critical to a strong marketing strategy as well. 
that's really solid advice being able to combine insights from not only you know behind the screen as you say at the head office level um, but from operations definitely can understand how that would be crucial to helping marketing teams be successful in creating the strategy um, well I wanted to switch switch up the uh, switch up the the questions here to our rapid fire round so um, these questions will be kind of off the cuff uh, no wrong answers of course single word answers uh, sentence answers, paragraph, uh, spiels, whatever you want, Manoj. But uh, this is just a great way for our audience to kind of get to know some of the fun facts about you. So um, let me kick this off. What was your first job? Under the table, over the table, doesn't matter. What was your first job? Yeah, it was under the table. I was working for my parents who were running a motel. So I was like a uh, <laughs> clean rooms and clean pools. <laughs> You've been under in hotels table. for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That's uh, funny. All right. Are you are you a night owl or an early bird? Night owl for sure. I sleep very late. Uh, Twelve a.m. is easy every night. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what was the first thing you ever marketed? The first thing I ever marketed was like seriously. I would say it would be probably a technology product. It was a the first ever way of checking your rankings on Google that was a technology product we built in-house and I helped market that. Wow. I thought you were going to go into the, like, the the motel days. Maybe you had like a you know, little candy biz on the side or something. No, I was I was not allowed in the marketing space. I was, a, I was cleaning rooms. That's that's my task for my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what was the last charity that you supported financially or with your time and why? Yeah, uh, you know what? And I try to align with a lot of things that we do at Northland as well. So the, mm-hmm. the charity that we're supporting right now is the JDRF, Juvenile Diabetes. Nice. And we're supporting mm-hmm. them in, in a big cause in regards to how do we eliminate that completely. And uh, that's near and dear to my heart because obviously children are important to me in, in my space. And I think that charity is important to the, the family or the organization. So that's one that we get behind in a big way. Great to hear. Um, what is an app? on your phone that you cannot live without email doesn't count. Well, when I look at my phone, I'm just going to open it up. I, I put, I, I put my phone in the order of the first screen gets the most important and second screen mm-hmm. is my second most important app. So I guess the app that I use most often feels like a combination of the score yeah, and Twitter's in there and WhatsApp is in there and my Tesla app is in there. I call use that quite a bit as well. Nice. What teams do you follow on the score? Uh, I'm a big NBA guy. So it's typically, cheering against LeBron James and <laughs> cheering for anyone else. <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> um, all right. Um, what was uh, what was the best thing you've bought for under $10? Um, yes, I was actually in Maui, and I was telling you that just before we started, and I bought these um, gummy bears because I love gummy bears, and they were seasoned with this almost like this Hawaiian sea salt. It was around oh, seven nice. bucks. It was just fantastic. Deadly. Yeah. Um, winding up here, but this one's a fun one. What would your superpower be? My superpower is the ability to multitask better than anyone. <laughs> wow, this, hire this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, what was the last thing you Googled? I'll just search that right now. Uh, well, oh yeah. So I searched for um, we are we just got this new puppy. It's in kind of training school. It's, oh, uh, it's a lab- labradoodle. The dog's name is going to be Kobe. 
after Kobe Bryant. And um, so I was Googling, like, how, how do you, like, feed and train this thing so I don't yeah. lose it in, like, a couple hours before getting it, you know? Yeah, you're going to have to get a nice little custom jersey made, eh? That'd be sweet. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, oh, awesome. Well, um, thank you so much, Manoj. I wanted to uh, take a, a Zoom selfie, if that's all right for you, for the thumbnail for this episode. Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'll count us down. Three, two, one. Um, great, great photo. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, for your time, for sharing your background. You're definitely one of the, the most diverse um, guests that I think I've had on, on, on the show that I'm lucky enough to interview. Um, thank you for sharing your insight. You're definitely, uh, you've been a leader for, for many years. And I think a lot of the leaders that are listening to this episode will pull a lot of value from some of their approach in building the many different teams you've been instrumental in building. So, um, yeah, I think and on behalf of myself, on behalf of all of our listeners and the rest of the hosts, thank you, Manoj, for joining Marketing News Canada. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Awesome. Really appreciate you having me. Uh, thank you for the conversation. I've had a lot of fun. Thanks. Thanks, Manoj. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.